0: The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. Selling seashell bracelets at the tender age of six was this woman's entry into the business world and the world of entrepreneurship. And as she grew into a young woman, she explored the creative sides of herself. At 17, she bought a guitar and joined a band. And then fashion and beauty caught her attention, and she was hooked. She began modeling in the U.S. and in London. But it was here that she saw the uglier side of being a woman in the business world, and that her journey to greatness began. It is my pleasure to welcome Jacqueline Milford. Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Okay, so I want to jump right in to explore your journey to greatness. The thing that impressed me about you, Jacqueline, is your creative vision and your willingness to not let no stop you from working toward making your visions come true. So tell me how the world no affects you and what your secret is to moving past it.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, I've always uh, had a really strong mother figure in my life. And she always instilled in me to be really proud of everything that I did. Uh, Even when I was in school, and something was happening that I wasn't okay with, she always taught me to use my voice. So no, it was only a speed bump. It was never really a, a block in my life. It was just something that I had to learn how to move around or to move past, but it was never something that I saw as a deterrence or to keep me from reaching any of my goals. And I actually, as I get older, um, I see no as this really great challenge because the world is constantly trying to push us into boxes and categories. And when you see no, it's an opportunity to show the world that you can be true to who you are and your belief systems and still find a way to achieve whatever it is that you're looking to achieve.
0: So what I'm hearing you say then is that for you, the advice we would have for those listening is to think of no as just a path to yes.
1: Absolutely.
0: That it's not, it's not the door shut. It's just, just exactly. a temporary speed bump, as you, as you put it.
1: And if you can't go through it, just find your way around it.
0: <laughs> or dig a tunnel.
1: <laughs> yeah, or dig a tunnel.
0: Go above it. Yeah, I've, done, I've dug some tunnels in my lifetime. Oh. I suspect you have too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving to the next question. You expressed that as a young female creative in the beauty and fashion industry, you encountered tremendous resistance, especially from the old school attitude of white males and that in most meetings, you were the only woman in the room. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you this, how did you adapt to this social pressure so that it didn't derail your journey toward greatness?
1: Yeah, I think the honest uh, answer is that it's difficult for, uh, for all women. You know, We're in these situations where we question ourselves, and you know, it can really build up a lot of insecurity when you're going into the business world and you know, when something happens that you're not okay with, you can't necessarily go to a human resource or make a complaint. I mean, these are people that you're you're going to meetings with, and you have to really learn how to navigate situations. Um, and it takes a lot of patience. I would say patience is a beautiful thing about women, and when we can channel our patience and just take a step back. And look at it as, again, an opportunity to learn how to play the game better Um, Then that patience gives us a power because everybody else, and especially, you know, men in these industries can be very reactive. They're trying to test you and they're trying to see what you're made of. And for them, it can be very fun. It can be part of this, them trying to hold up the, the old school boys club. Uh, position that they have but if we learn to be able to just have patience to take a step back and then go back into the field transcending above the situation and looking down at it we can learn to move the needle and really move it to our own benefit so that that's what I've been biggest on is just taking a step back learning to think about my decisions before I make them and, and being stern and being, you know, you, ha- you have to learn how to, you know, kind of talk the talk, but also be stern and put your foot down in a way that, you know, there's a respect value there. And uh, I think women either feel like they need to be really hard and tough, or they get scared of say anything at all. So you just have to learn how to navigate and play on both sides and, and just take a little bit of both things and put them together.
0: And it is confusing for women. Don't you think? I think it's very confusing for women. It is. It is. And I think you're right that you have to learn those rules and learn how to play the game because for men, it is a game. It is a game. And for women, it becomes too personal.
1: It is a game and you can't get down on yourself because you feel that, you know, that everybody's playing this game and, life is so hard. You know what? Life is hard. And if you, especially if you choose to be an entrepreneur, it's going to be harder than anything else you've ever done. But when you've reached that place of getting to where you imagine yourself being, there's no greater feeling. And you know that you've built up all of these great attributes that will help you once you're at the top. And then it's our job to just reach down and bring all the other women up with us.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So prior to this interview, you said, and I quote, men think big business, big in business. And yet women often don't think this way, because they just don't think big. And in doing that, you said they missed so many opportunities. Can you expand on this and tell me what you do different that enables you to think big?
1: Yeah, I think I've always had a, um, a fascination with big business and, and finance and doing things at another level since I was a little girl. And you, and you said earlier that I was selling my, the seashell bracelets to my neighbors. I, I always had that very entrepreneurial spirit. But um, women, naturally, I find are nurturers. They, they need to live a life with purpose everything we do from the food that we buy off the shelf to the clothing that we buy we're much more conscious about what we live on a daily basis the lives we live and and so when we go into these workspaces we tend to do things that are most meaningful for us even when we choose an opportunity or a career for example you know social work you have much more women in that field than men because it gives us purpose, you know, Um, being a mother gives us purpose, all these different things that in these paths that we choose, it's, it's with the idea of our life having meaning, um, which is a beautiful thing. And we don't want to lose that. But for men, uh, men are pretty linear thinkers, which can be a great benefit for them. And they're looking at everything as an opportunity to be at the top of their game, whereas women are seeking meaning and purpose. And if we just channel a little bit of that, and we have that inner belief system that we can be at the top and we envision it, then we might look at these opportunities and rather than saying, you know, let's see how we can collaborate. Let's see how we can take this little vision and bring it to a whole other playing field. Again, we can still do things with purpose and meaning, but we just need to think on a much bigger scale. I find that as a big difference between men and women, that I would love to encourage more women to think much bigger, think the top. Think think that you have no limitations because our only limitations are in our minds.
0: Excellent, I think it's fantastic advice and I think you put it beautifully. And I think if women can reframe their desire for purpose and to make a difference and all that nurturing they have, and realize that if they think big and get serious about the financial part, they can fund so much more of their purpose and they can be so much more impactful. Mm-hmm. So if they can think about it, reframe it that way, uh, maybe that will help some of them step into. If they aren't driven by the money, maybe they'll be driven to make the money to make the the vision of their purpose come true. So in 2017, you created the Women of Wall Street, an entity that connects fashion and executive women in a playful, safe space. Explain your why for this, and what you can envision that its impact can be long term.
1: There's so many different um, spaces in our life, which we, you know, are constantly like moving from A to Z, from multitasking and and careers and families, and you know, we get so caught up in our in our lives and being really busy with everything that we have that we're juggling that we many times, especially, you know, once we become more senior in our roles, we don't take time for ourselves. We don't take time to speak with other women and get their advice. So when it comes to the job space, you know, when you go through something, you don't necessarily feel comfortable going to another woman or you don't feel comfortable letting a man in your workspace know that you need help or advice on something because you want to seem like you have everything figured out, which women, that's, that's something we love to do. We, and we, most of the time we do figure it out, but um, there needs needed to be a space. In my opinion, opinion for a place where women could come together. We could break all those barriers of who's who. And we all know we're doing the best job that we can. And we all know that we, you know, have, a lot to offer, but we needed a place where we could just go and kind of let our hair down and be vulnerable and ask questions and get advice and build up this powerful network of women that were looking to encourage each other to to do that, to spread that message. And the fashion thing was really interesting because I didn't expect it to have the effect that it did when we first started it. I just loved fashion. And I thought this would be really fun and luxurious to bring in these fashion brands and do these really, you know, upscale dinner parties. What I saw was when the women were uh, getting undressed and, and putting their outfits on and we were working with stylists and doing all these things, the vulnerability of all of the women when we were changing together in a room was so beautiful. And, Everybody just spread this this really unifying love and acceptance and encouragement for each other, and we all just instantly became sisters. And so the fashion and the executive I saw as this interesting yet perfect mixture to create this beautiful group that was just built on all of the, the little components of what makes women come together, which is Everything that unifies us, you know, fashion unifies us, expression unifies us, uh, these conversations at a dinner table unify us. And I thought a lot of these other groups that, you know, were very networky, which are great, they weren't necessarily digging into that space. So this was a, a really cool opportunity for us to dig into this space and to grow a sisterhood of very powerful and strong and beautiful above everything, really beautiful inside and out women.
0: What do you see long-term for this entity?
1: Yeah, so we get, um, we get contacted by incredible women all across the world, and we see a huge opportunity to continue to expand. Right now, we're in New York and Florida. We see an opportunity to expand into Europe, um, into other states, We're looking at doing a mentorship program right now, and we regularly we actually we all stay in contact on a daily basis. So we want to launch our membership in twenty twenty one, so we can help all the women communicate much easier and have the first social network uh, for executives that we can enjoy each other's advice and relationships in a very easy format. We plan on growing and growing and growing and growing, and nothing (laughs) can stop us. and we want all these amazing women out there to join us on our journey.
0: Well, I'm going to be back here pushing you and applauding your efforts all the way. Thank you. Thank and you as well. I will too. So when I ask you what you see as your special sauce as a young businesswoman, you said it was being a connector. Mm-hmm. What does this mean to you? And what lessons have you learned about connecting that you could share with other businesswomen?
1: Yeah, I'm a strong woman, but I'm, I'm a very soft woman as well. And I and I really love that balance in my life. Um, to me, everything that we do in this world is all about connection. And whether it's I'm doing business with men or doing business with women, I take a very genuine interest in people. I don't look at anyone as being transactional. None of my relationships do I view in that way at all. I've never have. And my special sauce, I would say, is connecting, But even deeper than that, it's it's how that connection happens. And that's from taking a very genuine interest in people and, and always rooting for them. I'm a big supporter of everyone and I, I want to see people succeed. I do not view anyone as my competition. Never. I want more champions on my team. I'm always looking to recruit. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's still, the way we do what we do best is our special sauce.
0: And it brings a lot of joy to you. I could tell when you talk about it. And, and even yeah. in our pre-interview, I could see the, a
1: little glow in your eyes
0: comes when you're talking about how, how you enjoy the connecting. Sure. I think for you, and I, think, and I say this from a personal perspective because it's the same for me, I enjoy the connecting from a curiosity standpoint. I'm curious yes. about people. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about them. I want to know their journeys mm-hmm. and their, their backstories. Because right. in that is the real gold.
1: Yeah, yeah. We had a really great conversation about that because I remember I had mentioned to you as well when, you know, women tend to meet each other where our first questions are, what's your name? What do you do? And whereas we're not always taking enough time in the very beginning to actually get to know what their story is. And we all have these beautiful stories and something we need to be so proud of because every part of our story is what leads us to where we are today. And we need to own that journey. And that's what's so beautiful. And that's what I really, really love. And I'm so passionate about in my Women of Wall Street program specifically is getting to know all of these incredible women. And once you get to know their stories, you realize that we all we have a lot in common. We've all had similar journeys and ways at points in our lives, and, and that's how we truly connect is, as humans, um, not as professionals first. It's as people first. So, yeah, it's, it's an incredible thing. It's really beautiful.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the interesting thing is, is by you being so generous to share your, your insights today, it will provide a light to the path that other women can follow. Because again, it's it's foggy out there. Uh, so many women, and I felt this in my life, you, you, it feels like you're just feeling your way in the fog and, and there's no clear light at the end of the tunnel. You're not sure if you're going right, left, forward, or what's correct. And I think all women have those types of journeys at points in their life. Mm-hmm. So certainly you sharing your piece of your journey helps others to see that even as successful and as powerful you are, you You still sometimes are in the fog.
1: And that's okay. It's okay to have hard times. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to fall down. Um, It's okay to be human because guess what? We're all human. (laughs) We do
0: have that in common, don't we?
1: (laughs) It's great to you all.
0: If you didn't know, we're here to tell you, right? (laughs) Jacqueline, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women?
1: A lot. I don't know if we have time for all of that. There's so many things that I want to share with women, but I guess I could leave it on this. There's no need for any of us to ever feel like there's, we should have any shame in ourselves for anything that we've been through. Um, Don't feel like you're at a point in your life where you are stuck. You're never stuck. And always call on your sisters because every strong woman has a group of strong women around her. So build your army and build it strong and be okay with relying on each other when you need advice or help. And, that's how we all grow and we raise up together. So that, that's what I've done for myself. And um, I hope to do it for as many women that's come, that come into my life. And I hope every woman will build her own army of her own.
0: Yeah, And I think that, that this platform and the platform you're creating hopefully are some initiatives that will help women find those other women like themselves. Absolutely. And, and and they will feel like they're part of a powerful group and a powerful tribe that, oh, yeah. uh, that is their support because I find that when women get the right pieces of the puzzle together, get out of the way. Join my army. <laughs> join my army, right. <laughs>
1: <You're great>. <laughs>
0: <Always>. <laughs> Jacqueline, thank you so much for thank taking you. time with me today. And Jacqueline is another example of how women are challenging the norm making things happen and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman's story unfolds.